When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. everyone and welcome into wake and take it's your boy jason and we have some football to talk about today we've got some updates around some quarterback situations all around the league and today is thursday so we'll have some thursday night football to talk about so all of that and more coming up on wake and take so sit back relax take out your coffee and enjoy the show All right, all right, all right. Welcome in, everyone. Good morning to each and every one of you. Thanks for joining me this fine morning as we break down all the recent news. Uh, looks like my camera again. Look at this. <laughs> it keeps just, like, moving. It has a little mind of its own. Uh, anyway, let's talk about the news. And as we all know, we had one huge story come out yesterday and it's about Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is being benched for the rest of the season for Jarrett Stidham. Now, I know what you might think. What? Russell Wilson hasn't been playing that bad. And what is Jarrett Stidham going to do that Russell Wilson was, wasn't? was Well, the answer to that is it has really nothing to do with Russell Wilson's performance and all about that money. That is all that this situation really boils down to is the Denver Broncos didn't want to risk Russell Wilson getting injured because he has a clause in his contract that he will get $37 million guaranteed if he fails a physical uh, come March, come, come the offseason. And so with that in place, of, of it came out actually a few weeks ago that the Broncos approached Russell Wilson saying to, hey, take this clause out of your contract or we're going to bench you. And they went through a whole hullabaloo to try to work this out. And, and then uh, basically Russell Wilson was like, no. I'm not taking this clause out. That's a lot of money that you're trying to get me to get rid of. And I feel that I'm entitled to it. And I feel that if I were to get injured, that I would deserve that money as I've given a lot to this organization, even if it hasn't been perfect. And well, the Broncos said, well, screw you. We will just bench you and probably move forward with either trading or cutting or just going away from Russell Wilson into the future. So this situation is very very, very, very interesting. We don't necessarily know what is going on, but we do have some great insight from all sorts of people who have been investigating this situation. So basically it starts with this. Uh, like I mentioned that there was an injury guarantee. Uh, if he if he were to fail a physical, that would actually kick in in 2024. Uh, and they, you know, had that whole thing that I just discussed essentially where, where that he, he decided that he did not want to get rid of that, and then they benched him. So the updates that we know now is that Russell Wilson is expecting to be cut in March per some league sources for almost two months. He's known that they were going to eventually bench him and probably move on from him after this season. What would happen now is the Broncos would owe $37 million more in cash 
and $85 million in dead money spread over two years if they cut Russell Wilson due to that massive extension that they signed him to after the trade. Now, there is actually some other stuff as well. His, Russell Wilson's guarantee next season actually contains offset language. So if the Broncos were to release him in March, the $39 million that they owe him would actually end up being reduced by however much the new team pays him in 2024. So his minimum salary is $1.2 million. So if he gets that, then the Broncos would owe him $37.8 million. Or if he gets a little bit more, you just have to do the math here. So basically, what's going to happen is that Russell Wilson will be cut and he will be a free agent going into next offseason as the Denver Broncos can actually save some money due to this offsetting language. So again, if he's released in March, whatever team signs him, that contract will be subtracted from the money that the Broncos owe him. So say he makes a contract that he's paid $30 million, then the Broncos will only owe him $9 million. And basically, that's what they're trying to get around. Ultimately, ultimately, the situation here boils down to money and the fact that Sean Payton wants to move on from Russell Wilson because he hasn't been that bad really this season he hasn't been as good as they might have wanted him to be but he's honestly taken a step forward and he can't help how bad the offensive line has been and how bad his weapons have been outside of Cortland Sutton so I do think that he still has some left in the tank and whatever team gets him will you know get a good quarterback so I did look and and think about some potential suitors for Russell Wilson one, I think it could be interesting if he returns to the Seahawks. We know that they have an out on Geno Smith's contract. I think that this is unlikely, but it would just be a fun one if he could return to Seattle, replace Geno Smith, and close out his career there. The Steelers also will probably be in contention, as we all know that Kenny Pickett is probably out of the running, but will likely get a chance. But if a Russell Wilson comes on the table for some value, then they would probably go to him, as a veteran quarterback does kind of fit that team really well, as does the Patriots. This seems like a very Bill Belichick move to go get Russell Wilson and then to use their high draft pick on some defender or something. The Commanders also make some sense, as we'll talk about in a bit. They are moving away from Sam Howell, so maybe they could bring in a veteran quarterback as well and maybe get a younger guy to sit behind Russ for a season or two as he finishes out his contract. The Raiders as well, as we see them struggle now without a quarterback, they should have a little bit of money, and I think the Raiders could be a definitely interesting option, but that'll just come down to if the Broncos are okay letting, well, I guess if he's going to get cut, they honestly have no say in the matter, so the Raiders are still potential. The Titans, if they're not totally sold on Levis, I think they're probably sold on Levis for at least one more season, but you do have to keep in mind that they still have Derrick Henry. They still have DeAndre Hopkins, so if they were to bring in a veteran quarterback, they could try to put all the pieces together for one more season. And then kind of the last name I've been seeing thrown around is the Falcons. I'm going to press the doubt button on that one. I do think the Falcons want a bit more mobile quarterback and probably a younger quarterback as well. I still think they're firmly in the running for Justin Fields. And if they don't go that route, I think they'll probably end up drafting Jaden Daniels with their draft pick, depending on how they finish out the season. But either way, I don't really see that one happening, the Falcons with Russell Wilson. But I do think all these other teams are pretty possible, depending on a few situations. So we'll keep our updates on this all offseason as we watch this unfold. And then the next question is, 
how good could Jared Stidham be? And we'll all remember, right? Jared Stidham actually has an awesome nickname. He is Stutto because he's a stud. He's gone in and performed pretty well when asked. He has, of course, been a preseason darling in years past back on the Patriots. But last year, the same situation happened in Oakland or Las Vegas with Derek Carr. They benched him for the final two games of the season, ended up trading him to the Saints, and Jarrett Stidham was asked to start. In those two games, he threw for over 500 yards, almost 600 yards. He threw for four touchdowns with three interceptions and ran 14 times with seven carries in both games for a total of 84 yards. So he has some wheels on him as well. I do think he could provide a spark, as Sean Payton has come out and said, about Jarrett Stidham and maybe bring out a win for these Broncos. Now, I still don't think they're going to make the playoffs, and I think they understand that as well, and that's why they inevitably made this decision to bench Russell Wilson, but could be some fun in the weeks ahead. I do 100%, 100% believe that Jarrett Stidham is someone worth uh, streaming in Superflex Leagues even in the championship. I really do think he's going to get you a solid floor with his running game. And the fact he still has, you know, Cortland Sutton and Jared Judy to throw to should be okay for him as he closes out the year. So that's the Russell Wilson situation. As of now, it looks like he's going to be cut and uh, Jared Stidham's going to be finishing out the season in a decent way. Let's go ahead and check into the comments. I know that this is a big story. Let's see what you guys are talking about. Jets is an interesting one, although I think that um, I think that they're probably just going to keep rolling with Aaron Rodgers. I do. I want to say they still have one more year on his contract, and he'll be back. Um, but yeah, I guess they could try to get him and trade away Zach Wilson. But it, I, I, I believe Aaron Rodgers is still under contract with the Jets next year. Uh, so so I think he'll he'll probably stay there. But I, I mean, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong there. I, I, but either way. I think that it's more likely Seahawks, Steelers, Patriots, Commanders, Raiders, and then maybe Titans or Falcons. But again, doubting the Falcons, I'm manifesting the Justin Fields thing, guys. I'm just going to keep saying it until it happens. Been saying it, what, since like week four that Justin Fields will be on the Falcons next year? I'm not changing the tune. It's going to happen, and and we're going to love it, all right? (laughs) The next quarterback move we have is Tommy DeVito is being benched in New York. They are going back to Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor was originally the backup to Daniel Jones before getting injured. And then Tommy DeVito came in, you know, had the whole gabagool thing going on, had the, the his his agent looking like a, like a New York, New Jersey man. Uh, and he had everyone around him, right? He even won three straight games and had a decent seven touchdown to one interception ratio. But there was not much ceiling in Tommy DeVito's play. He had one really, really good game. But outside of that, it was pretty pedestrian. And ultimately, after losing two straight, they are deciding to go back to Tyrod Taylor. Now, I don't necessarily know if Tyrod Taylor is going to be that much better. uh, But I guess they're just done with the DeVito experience. Because, I mean, we saw in this game with Tyrod Taylor, he didn't even have 50% completions. He went 7 of 16. And he only threw for 133 yards. And he had one touchdown and one interception. So, So even a worse ratio than Tommy DeVito was putting together. But he does kind of manage the game a little bit better, add a little bit of a higher floor to the offense. So I guess that's just what they're going to go with. As they're still technically in playoff contention, uh, they they just want to go with the vet with a little higher floor, I guess. But I don't know. Tommy DeVito was kind of fun. But again, talked about it earlier this week. He had this situation. Tommy DeVito a few weeks back was uh, had signed a contract in agreement with a pizza parlor 
to do a little meet and greet situation thing. And then uh, he ended up doubling his pay and canceling the event. And I think to me, that's just some bad karma coming back to get him. You signed up for this event. You should stick to your word and not get greedy. What's $10,000 to you, Tommy DeVito? Now you've been benched and now you've probably lost it all. All because you didn't want to go to the pizza parlor. <laughs> Next quarterback that got benched is Sam Howell. Sam Howell got benched for Jacoby Brissett, who honestly, this should have happened weeks ago. And I'm honestly surprised that it didn't at least happen last week. As we saw, Sam Howell got benched and then Jacoby Brissett came in, had two drives, two touchdowns, brought Terry McLaurin back to life and brought the commanders within striking distance. And then they decided to go back to Sam Howell. And then Jacoby Brissett did it again when they benched Sam Howell. He came in and led three touchdown drives to bring it within striking distance for the commanders. Ultimately, they lose both of those games, but Jacoby Brissett was firing on all cylinders and making the commander's offense fire on all cylinders as well. It, 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 it had been kind of fun to watch, and it was cool to see some life on this commander's offense. So Jacoby Brissett, well-deserving of being the starter to close out the year. In the two games he's played now, and really just the couple quarters, uh, he's completed 78.3% of his passes, 224 yards, and three touchdowns with no interceptions. And he's led five drives. All five of those drives have led to touchdowns. So five touchdowns off of five drives led by Jacoby Brissett. Three of them passing touchdowns, two of them rushing touchdowns by the running back. But either way, he helped bring those, those touchdowns to the team, commanded the offense admirably, and he is definitely deserving of the starting job. I know that Sam Howell had a stretch there. From weeks four to 10, he actually led the NFL in pass yards with 2,000 pass yards. And he had 14 touchdowns to only four interceptions. But the past five weeks, he has completely collapsed. He has only two touchdowns over the last five weeks to eight interceptions. And he's also been sacked an NFL high 60 times this year, which to me is a quarterback stat. I know ultimately it depends on the offensive line and everything, but quarterbacks can still throw the ball away get away from it, maybe make it just a one-yard run, or just not get sacked 60 times. But but he holds the ball a bit too long, doesn't get through his progressions quick enough, and has led to being sacked in NFL high, led to a really abysmal last five weeks, and really just all the heat that he had built up, all the air out of the balloon. Sam Howell benched. And honestly, I mean, I'm sure he'll get another chance. Uh, I don't know if the commanders will trade him or if he'll just be a backup next year to some veteran like a Russell Wilson, as we talk about. But either way, I'm sure we'll see him maybe get a couple more starts or just game action in his career, but definitely not going to be a starter for a team probably ever again, unless someone wants to take a chance on him. But I'm not sure who would. I mean, an Eric enemy offense, I feel like is the one that would allow a quarterback like Sam Howell to succeed. And we de did see some success but ultimately ending in failure here in Washington as they'll be moving on from Ron Rivera and likely Sam Howell next season. Another potential quarterback change. We're keeping our eye on this one, guys, here on The Wake and Take. Nick Mullins and Jaron Hall right now are splitting reps at practice. A starting quarterback has not been announced, and even Justin Jefferson has come back out and said that he doesn't know who the quarterback will be but they're prepared to rally around whoever it is. So just something very interesting to keep our eye on as we head into the fantasy football championships. I know a lot of people have started relying on Nick Mullins. They might have to turn to Jaron Hall. And yes, to answer your question, 
if Jaron Hall is starting, I do believe you can start him. He's throwing the ball to Justin Jefferson, for God's sakes. I mean, that what else are you looking for? So just keep our eye on it. We'll discuss it some more if some more comes out. But all we know as of now is that they're splitting reps at practice and there is no announced starter. I will say that it seems likely to go to Hall, if not this week, next week, as they have gone 0-2 with Mullins. And he hasn't looked amazing. I mean, he hasn't looked bad either. So I'm not sure if they'll do it this week. But maybe like a halftime change or a week 18 change is here in the midst of, of, of what we're watching right now unfold in Minnesota. So keep our eye on that for sure. And then the last bit of update we have is that CJ Stroud has returned to practice. He hasn't officially cleared concussion protocol yet, but I'm going to wager that he will. We have now a practice yesterday. That means he'll probably practice today. He'll probably practice tomorrow. And then maybe a limited practice on Saturday as well, uh, which should say that he will clear concussion protocol. And as we all know, the Texans are within striking distance of the playoffs right now. They have a week 18 matchup against the Colts. If they can win out here, they should make the playoffs. And so CJ Stroud being healthy is very important for that to happen. And so I do believe they will rush him back this week, even if he's at 90% and just get him out there because they need him. And so look for CJ Stroud to return this week, but almost definitely in week 18. But I, I think he'll be back this week. I do, I do firmly believe he'll be back this week, ready to win you guys some fantasy football championships. So let's check into the comments before we preview Thursday night football. Let's see. Um, I see a couple questions. We, we will we will get into the questions after the show. But anything about? Well, yeah, I guess so. Rubio says instead of just cutting Russ, why wouldn't they try and trade him first? I mean, they could, but in the trade, they would want to do something with the contract, and I'm not sure any team would really want to take on that massive contract. And so one way that they can still get around the money is that clause I mentioned in that if he is cut, they will be able to subtract whatever contract he makes from the new team to or from the money that they owe him. So while they may not get the entire contract taken away like they could in a trade, they will still get a significant portion taken away. And even then, that's a small victory for the massive contract that they've spent on Russell Wilson. So anyway, let's move on to Thursday Night Football. We've got the Jets versus the Browns. This will be taking place in Cleveland. And right now the Browns are seven and a half point favorites, and they're only expecting 34 and a half points to be scored. Now, I don't even know if we'll get to that. I know that Joe Flacco has been kind of slinging it as of late, but this is, I mean, what the two best defenses in the league, two of the three best defenses in the league squaring off against each other. Uh, it's a, it's gonna be a battle. And I know Joe Flacco has been slinging it, throwing for like 300 plus yards and basically every single game. But I think this is going to be a lot tougher sledding for him. This is going to be a lot tougher matchup. And also remember that he used to be on the Jets, right? I mean, so, so that, I mean, they've been practicing against him for the past two seasons. Uh, I, I think that there'll, there'll be something within their game plan to slow him down a little bit. And I mean, on the other side too, I mean, Zach Wilson's out again. So we're looking at Trevor Simeon, the Cleveland Browns defense should almost certainly shut down this Jets offense. So it's going to be a defensive battle. I would be very surprised if either team scores 20. And because of that, I don't, I'm don't. i not sure that the Browns will cover this 7.5. They, they might really, if, if they do, it's because the Jets offense doesn't score at all. But I, for one, was very encouraged by Trevor Simeon last week. Not because he played well, 
but because he threw the ball to Brees Hall 16 times. And when that happens, Brees Hall is going to do well regardless of the defense he plays. So assuming that Brees Hall gets a bunch of dump-offs again, I think that the Jets will be able to score at least a couple, uh, at least like one touchdown and maybe a couple field goals. And so we'll go with a score prediction of Browns 19. We'll go with a couple field goal scores here to the Jets 13. We'll go with 19 to 13, right at 32 total points, right under the other, and also not quite covering for the Browns. Here's some stuff you need to know. Amari Cooper is questionable with a heel injury. I don't believe he's been practicing, but if he has, it's been limited. He is hopeful to play, so I do think he'll be out there. However, I did go back. I did go back and look. Now, historical analysis isn't always accurate, but it is important to look at, I think. And we know that Amari Cooper has now had 400 games or four games over 200 yards. And in the three prior to this week's, here's what's happened. So in 2017, he had 200 yards against Kansas City. And then the next week, he only had 48 yards. In 2018, he had 217 yards against Philadelphia. The next week, he had 32 receiving yards. In 2019, 226 yards against the Green Bay Packers followed up by one reception for three yards the following week. So we know that Amari Cooper is kind of a streaky wide receiver. I do think if he plays, you can't expect a big game, even with the volume that Joe Flacco is putting out. He's going to be matched up with Sauce Gardner. It's a tough defense. And historically, he has never backed up his 200-yard game with even a 50-yard game the next week. So it's hard to expect much performance from him at less than 100% and looking at how he's performed historically after his splash games. So I'm not going to expect much from him at all. In fact, the Jets are the number one defense against wide receivers and quarterbacks. So it's going to be some tough sledding. Where there's some room for the Jets to make some noise, or for the Browns to make some noise, is in the running game, where the Jets are 26th against the running backs. So look for Jerome Ford to have a solid game, and maybe even Kareem Hunt. And we could see some 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 let up here with the tight end position as well. As the Jets are 17th against tight ends, we know that David Njoku, right, is someone that is targeted a ton. And so look for David Njoku and Jerome Ford to kind of be the stars of this game and for Joe Flacco and Amari Cooper to just be fine. On the other side, the Browns are fourth against quarterbacks, ninth against running backs, second against wide receivers, and second against tight ends. So they're a top 10 defense against every single position. But the one they're worst against is the running back. And I mentioned already that I do think this will have to come down to Brees Hall if the Jets want to do anything. And so to see them be the worst against running backs, even if they're still top 10 against running backs, I think Brees Hall is going to find some opportunity here, whether it be in the passing game or some explosive runs. But I'm not expecting a great game from Garrett Wilson not expecting a great game from Trevor Simeon, not expecting a great game from Tyler Conklin. I'm expecting an above average performance from Brees Hall in this one. And so to back that up, here's my DFS lineup for tonight's action. I did want to note that they actually have a free entry, which is pretty rare for the showdown captain mode. And the payout is pretty huge. So normally I enter the dime package for 10 cents with a prize for 5k. Well, this week they've got a free entry and the prize is 25000 
So if you want to enter the the thing on DraftKings, I don't blame you. It's free, and there's a big prize. So why not go have some fun and see what you can cook up with the lineup? Or just tail me. Just use mine. See what happens. But either way, I'm throwing Brees Hall into the captain slot. We all know that DraftKings is full PPR, so I do think he's going to get a ton of catches. He had 12 last week. So, I, I mean, I feel like Brees Hall has to be the captain. And then I mentioned already that I think Jerome Ford and David Njoku will be the stars for the Browns in this game. David Njoku keeping his massive pace going. And then again, the Jets aren't very good against running backs. And so I think Jerome Ford's going to have some opportunity. And then, of course, also Kareem Hunt, who, while doesn't get a ton of volume, still gets a decent amount of work. I think he has a chance to find the end zone or at least catch a couple passes, get you like 10 points or so. And then I figured, why not throw both defenses in there? Since they're both so good against quarterbacks and wide receivers, I didn't have the gall to to pick either Garrett Wilson, Amari Cooper, Trevor Simeon, or Joe Flacco. And I just went with the defenses. Tons of opportunity for turnovers here. Mentioned that Joe Flacco has been slinging it. And while he's been throwing for a ton of yards, he's also been throwing for a ton of interceptions as well. And Trevor Simeon also throws for a few interceptions, some fumbles and all that stuff as well. So I think, honestly, you've got to start these defenses. You've got to start David Njoku. You've got to start Jerome Ford. And there's not much else to work with here. So I think this is the perfect lineup. And then the underdog ticket. As usual, guys, these never cash. I'm so shit at underdog. But here we go. Riley Patterson higher than one and a half field goals. Again, I mean, the Jets defense is pretty good. So I think it stands to reason that the Browns might sputter out around the red zone or something like that and have to get some field goals. So two of them I felt like made sense. Joe Flacco's been slinging it the last few weeks. Didn't want to bet on how many yards or completions or anything, but the lowest amount of passes he's thrown so far is 42. So to see the passing attempts at 36, I felt like that was an easy one. And then Brees Hall higher or to score a touchdown and Jerome Ford to score a touchdown. Again, both of these teams, their one opportunity to find some scoring, to find some yardage comes from the running back position. So I figured why not bet on either of them to score a touchdown. And in fact, both of them, and they even have the 1.5x multiplier, a little spicy pepper action on underdog with these. So this was $3 for $67 all in all, if you get all four of these. So if you want to tail me, I don't blame you. Just don't throw a lot of money on it again. I'm only throwing $3 on my DFS lineup. I did a free entry. So so don't come running to me if you lose a ton of money. Even I'm not doing it. And and always be responsible when you're gambling, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Always be responsible. All right. So that is Thursday Night Football Preview. That's an underdog lineup or an underdog ticket and a DFS lineup. Let's go ahead and check out your questions. I saw a few here on Instagram, on YouTube. Uh, Let's see. Jesse says, much love and respect all year. You have made it to the big dance. Congratulations. You have Holland and Joku and the Browns defense. Can you trust all of that or pivot to the Bears defense and trust A-Chan and Chandler? Um, I think I like what you've got in there, man. I think you just roll with with all those Browns. I I, I think you have to. The Bears defense is pretty solid. Uh, They have a good matchup against the Falcons at home this week. But, I mean, the Browns defense is one of the best in the league. The Jets offense is one of the worst in the league. And then again, I think Brees Hall and David Njoku are where some opportunity is going to be found. Uh, so, I, so I think you just roll with those guys, man. John asks, Brees or Swift this week? We're going to go with Brees Hall. Uh, Brees Hall or Sam Laporta in the flex for full PPR. I mean, I'm going to go with Brees Hall. Again, I, I mean, we, he had 16 targets last week with Trevor Simeon. We can't overthink it. 
This was the same quarterback play against a tough defense. You're going to have to go with the team or with a running back that's going to get 16 targets and full PPR. Now, if it's tight end premium, this could be an interesting pivot. But either way, I mean, Hall's going to get so much volume tonight. He has to. He has to. So so that's what that's what I've got to say. Bears or Raiders defense? Uh, I am blanking on who the Raiders are playing. Hold on. Give me one second. Colts. Um, I mean, the Raiders defense has been playing really well. They're both in very important matchups for the other team. So the, so the Falcons need to win to keep their playoff hopes alive. And, uh, the, the Colts need to win to keep their playoff hopes alive. Uh, uh, Jess, I'm sorry. I, I think you're going to go with the Bears defense. They've been playing really well. Uh, Taylor Heineke still is prone to turning the ball over. So, and I expect the Bears to win that game. So I'll go with them, but this is a total toss up, total, total toss up. I think either one can end up being successful. They'll probably end up scoring around the same range as well. Uh, if Michael Pittman doesn't play though, if there's no Michael Pittman playing, you can pivot to the Raiders. I just think he's going to return this week. Um, Josh Allen, Joe Flacco, or Josh Allen's your quarterback one, Joe Flacco or Stroud to hopefully clear. There are no other options in the pool. I do think Stroud is going to play. So I honestly think you wait for that. But it makes me very nervous that there's no other options in the pool, uh, really at all. Like, even Kate, if even Case Keenum's not out there, then you might just have to roll with Joe Flacco just in case. But again, he practiced on Wednesday, so he'll probably practice today, and then he'll probably practice tomorrow, and maybe some practice on Saturday as well. So I, I really do think CJ Stroud's going to clear concussion protocol, but it might not be worth risking it. If Josh Jacobs is out, should you play Ty Chandler, A. Chan, or Zamir White? Probably Zamir White. Guy has been crushing it uh, in his absence. Uh, can I trust Joe Flacco, or should I go get Jacoby Brissett over on Instagram? I would say just go get Jacoby Brissett. I mean, this is the tough matchup for him. I know Joe Flacco's been slinging it, but Jacoby Brissett has also been killing it when he's been out there. Uh, so I think that, you know, why not go with Jacoby Brissett? Brees Hall, David Montgomery, Austin Eckler, Zeke, PPR, Brees Hall. Brees Hall. Brees Hall every single day of the week. Guys, if you've got Brees Hall, you've got to start him today. Pick two in PPR, Chris Godwin, T. Higgins, DJ Moore. Uh, Chris Godwin and probably DJ Moore or maybe Higgins and Moore. Either, I think I want to start DJ Moore. Well, maybe not. The Falcons have been pretty good against wide receiver ones. So just go with Godwin and Higgins, who are both hot right now, actually. Go with Godwin and Higgins. They're heating up right now at the right time. Decent matchups as well. Cool. That should be all the questions. So thank you all so much for tuning in. This is another great episode of Wake and Take. You guys were a fantastic audience yet again. I hope you all have a terrific Thursday. I wish you all the best in your championship matchups this week. And I will see you all tomorrow at 10 a.m. Eastern on the Player Profiler YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Have a wonderful day. Peace.